Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Jim Childress. Also joining us is former guest of the show, Pete Vigor on guitar. This is the last remaining episode from last summer's Clifftop Sessions. We recorded this at Berhania. Thank you again, Hillary and company, for hosting Get Up in the Cool all week. I miss you all a lot. I'm really excited to meet again in that very happy place. It's week four of Get Up in the Cool Month, where I come to you hat in hand and ask you to give money to the show. And to soften the blow of my pledge driviness, I'm featuring five of the show's best episodes ever. That's why I waited so long to release Jim Childress's episode, writer of Road to Malvern, one of the best and most popular modern old-time tunes. Get Up in the Cool is technically free to listen to, but it only exists because of the support of a small percentage of its listeners, and it will only continue to exist if a larger percentage of its listeners chip in. I'm going to need a lot more support to keep making the show every week. Get Up in the Cool has about 1,500 listeners that tune in for every episode. If you listen to all or most episodes, or if you find yourself binge listening to the show, you should chip in. Consider how specific the show is. The audience will never be huge for an old-time podcast, probably. Which means I need a lot of support from the people who do listen. Before the end of the month, it would be great if 50 of you became new or upgrading supporters of the show. That goal is still pretty far away, but I suspect some of you just haven't got around to it yet. It's really easy. You can do it while listening. Just click the Patreon link in the show notes for this episode or visit getupinthecool.com and click Patreon. And you'll get some great extras for supporting the show. All new Patreon supporters will get access to some full video episodes from this month and a bonus episode of my set with the Sheep Dip String Band at Mountain Grass. Give a little more, and you'll get a link to the Secret Bonus Track Podcast, where my guests and I play an extra tune for you to hear on your favorite podcast app. Higher-level supporters can download the ever-expanding Get Up in the Cool Tune Archive, featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, separated from the dialogue. It's like buying an old-time EP every week. And, you know, a 40-hour archive of tunes at the start. At the highest level of support, all you banjo players out there, can join me for a monthly online banjo workshop. And that's still cheaper than getting a one-on-one hour lesson with me. Plus, each reward tier includes every reward in the tiers below it. So if you think about it, it's a pretty good deal. Again, to sign up, go to getupinthecool.com and click Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you. Or just follow the link in this episode's show notes or its Facebook post. Shout out to my newest supporter, Rose Miller. Thank you so much for listening and shipping in. If you're unable to support Get Up in the Cool with money, please share the show in whatever way you can and give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Banjo or Fiddle Hangout, and Reddit and tell everyone that Get Up in the Cool exists. And share the Patreon link I added in the show notes, patreon.com slash getupinthecool. I know that not everyone can afford to support Get Up in the Cool financially, but I need you to do your part and pay if you can and share if you can't. I want to thank Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan for sharing Get Up in the Cool online with their customers and dramatically increasing the reach of the show. Next time you need an instrument upgrade or new music gear, go stock up at elderly.com. Make sure to stick around after the interview and I'll tell you how to buy Jim's albums. But first, here's my interview and jam with Jim Childress and Pete Figger. Enjoy. Ready when you are. Okay. This is Meadowhawk.
Jim Childress, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. I'm glad to be here, Cameron. And, Thanks. And welcome back, Pete. <laughs> Pete Vigor on the guitar. Um, so I met you a couple years ago in line here at Berhania at Clifftop, um, and I uh, I remember someone pointing out that's Jim Childress. Guy who wrote Road to Malvern, which we're not going to play today. <laughs> we're right. going to play your other tunes <laughs> that right. people don't know necessarily as well. Right. Um, but, um, and I came up to you and I told you, this was sort of my test. I was like, because I really wanted to tell you about the other folk process that's ha that happened to that tune, which was um, my friend Mark Kiliansky, every time the tune goes da 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 he yells a certain expletive. Blank, <laughs> blank, yeah. <laughs> and he yells that out. And I was like, what do you think about that? <laughs> and you were like, I like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you're just being polite, but that was a really good first impression for me. So um, I've, yeah, loved your tunes and um, love playing them. And I'm really excited to have you on the show. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. What's the tune that we just played? That is called Meadowhawk. Um, I have always had an interest in outdoors kinds of things, and I, I actually studied dragonflies for a bunch of years, and uh, Meadowhawk is a kind of dragonfly. It's a kind of dra- I'm, gl I'm glad you- So there you go. Clarified. Yeah, why did you study dragonflies? Uh, just because I was interested in them. So you just a uh, hobby, like yeah. just by yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, very yeah. cool. How, what did that look like? Well, uh, dragonflies are not that well studied, in, at least in the state of Virginia where I live, and- yeah. um, so they don't really know what's where so much yeah. and there were 22 or three species documented from my county and now i think we have 111 or something yeah just because nobody was looking interesting so i decided to look i always just assume that all of the work has been done for some reason i think it's yeah. just the ignorant non-scientist part of me you know far from true yeah particularly with insects yeah so yeah, i guess they're so small and then yeah. you have to get them and then look at them and be like this, this is a different one right so it's kind of fun to combine my two interests. Yeah, you know, with names. What can I ask? Like, when you chose the tune or the tune title Meadowhawk, um, is that because the Meadowhawk specifically was interesting to you, or because it's just a good? Is the dragonfly name that made the most? That was the best tune name. Yeah, I just I just liked it. I mean, there's yeah, not yeah, any yeah. kind of science to choosing names sure, for tunes, sure. or if there is, I haven't discovered it. I've um, I've always wondered that about like people who write music. Um, especially instrumental music. Yes. How do you choose the names? Do you write the tune and then uh, project meaning back onto it later? Or everyone has a different Right, try process. and make up some story that goes with it. Right. And mostly just to, something that seems to fit in some way and is interesting. Yeah. Like Meadowhawk. Yeah. Nobody knows exactly what that is. And so it's yeah. interesting. You wonder. You wonder what's that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I never know if it's going to be some sort of story like, you know, you're just in the meadow and then this dragonfly <laughs> alighted on your fiddle and then it right. stayed there while you <laughs> composed the tune on yeah, the spot we'll write that children's story yeah sometime. yeah uh -huh. <laughs> no I, I appreciate yeah the peek behind the curtain <clears throat> um when did you when did you start playing fiddle and why so you know i grew up in the 60s folk revival sure. like pete and uh you know played um the folk music of the day you know <laughs> Heavy quotation marks yeah <laughs> so, you know that totally. kind of kingston trio Peter yeah. Paul and mary stuff you know on the guitar and singing and um did that kind of stuff until about my second year in college when i went to union grove and was just kind of blown away by traditional music where is union grove so union grove in north carolina uh, and it, where were you from um i went to the university of virginia so okay. on spring break Okay, I went yeah. to uh, Union Grove, mostly because it was a big party, but when I got there, uh, it turned out to be a big party in the mud with yeah. amazing music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there might have been 100,000 people there that year. It wow. was a Are really you big thing at some point. Yeah, four people died in separate incidents during the weekend. I guess if you had that, that many big. people, it's just like inevitable. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it sort of spiraled out of control and eventually was ended right about then yeah and recently restarted interesting yeah there were two brothers and i think they f fell out yeah harper and pierce pierce van hoy was that their name so so you heard old-time music then or yeah. just fiddling no all, all of it all of it yeah uh -huh. like what else was there at the 
Well, for instance, I think the Highwood String Band was there at that time, but also, um, you know, uh, probably Alan Jabour and, um, you know, because I didn't know anybody at that time, I don't remember so well exactly who was there. Um, And at that time, were you playing folk music on guitar? On guitar. Yeah. And so you hadn't touched a fiddle before then? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I first touched the fiddle when I was 21 or so. These are... I just latch on to these stories because someday when I decide to actually take fiddling seriously, it's like, you can do it as an adult, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can, but yeah. like me, you'll probably be limited. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, there'll always be a little... Because you see these 14-year-old kids who can play like crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I just thought, we'll never be that person. Sure. Yeah. you have different things to offer I do. than perfect intonation or right, like, like I'm you on know. time when I go yeah. places and stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I can vouch for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> can set our our clock to when eight o'clock when Jim shows up for practice yeah <laughs> so uh I still haven't figured out the level of irony that's going on when we talk about your <laughs> punctuality I'll get to the bottom of it right um so you went to Union Grove and you were exposed to this music that maybe was like hidden behind this folk revival of this pop basically pop music and then you found this like I don't want to make the dichotomy of like real music and pop music but is that how it felt when you saw it? It does feel like that I think sure it still does feel like that to me this music does feel real to me in a way that highly produced music doesn't sure sure so yeah and was it like the high woods do you think that like sort of sold it or like you see so no, okay. i wouldn't say them in yeah. particular although they were certainly um an inspiration to yeah just about everybody my age yeah. you know they were just so alive with the whole thing and so excited about it yeah so it was great very cool yeah. and then um back at home i started meeting people who were also interested in it um, and hooked up with a fiddler named steve walthorn who um had played the violin a lot as a kid and was but was just learning to play old time music at mm-hmm. that time um, and and everybody in Charlottesville was I think greatly affected by Armin Barnett who had been in graduate school there yeah. and, and Mark Campbell was there and they had a band and um, so you know that sort of was the nucleus cool. of, the, of the local scene I had him on the show a while ago yeah because uh, I went out to Seattle and yeah that's it's I've been hearing it's like confirmation by I've been hearing his name a lot like especially in this region so that's yeah. cool to put the pieces together cool well he's kind of larger than life I, we yeah. were in a jam session one time and and Pete was playing and um, Pete was playing the banjo at the time we finished the tune and Armin said Pete that was the best banjo playing I ever heard have you got a beer <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one so you might want to use that sometime that's awesome there's been this like uh this joke, uh, the Long Point String Band kind of crew, I was hanging out there, and uh, their joke this year, which I think is the perfect meta clifftop joke, is when whenever someone just shows up, one of one of the people in the tent will say, hey, y'all sounded great last night. <laughs> just like, regardless of who it is, you know, just say that. <laughs> yeah. This is a place where that works. Yeah. Right. I sounded great last night. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> just here to, you know. <laughs> so funny. Right. Uh, um, let's play another tune. I have a lot more questions for you. But um, what's I, next? I need to retune. Great, me my too. fiddle, so. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. So what's this tune? This is Shadow Dragon. Shadow Dragon. And a Shadow Dragon actually is another Dragonfly name. Oh, perfect. Which is, but it sounds kind of dark, and this tune feels a little dark. Yeah, this is like a weird millennial thing to say, but it sounds like it's like a... Uh, like a Yu-Gi-Oh card or like a like a Pokemon or something. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really great. I don't know what those things are, but Yeah, I, that, that's why I made the disclaimer. Yeah. But I like your version. Like the way it sounds anyway. <laughs> Shadow Dragon. Glad I said something. <laughs> Thank you. 
Mm. Very it is, cool. It is dark. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> making me making me think on the on the banjo. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, with the key oh, no. change. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So you went to Union Grove. Uh, got interested in fiddling. Um, how long did it take before you started writing your own fiddle tunes? Um, the, the first one that I wrote that meant anything to me was um, in 1978, uh, which was Turkey Sag. Turkey Sag. Mm-hmm. You were just playing that the other night. Um, I generally play it if somebody asks me to play. Yeah, if someone asked you. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I overheard it. There's the vic- there's the yeah, exactly. the guilty yeah. party. Yeah. Right. So it stood the test of time, at least for others. Do you not? Do you not necessarily call it? No, I think it's. I think it's fine. I. I, I think it's good. Um, yeah. And the thing that that happened to me, um, and made me decide to to maybe try and put more tunes together and put out a CD is that somebody I know recorded it. They asked permission to record it and put it on a CD, and I didn't recognize it. Yeah. When they played it and. I'm all for the folk process and, and really not very attached yeah. to sort of what people do with the tunes. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of their thing. But when I didn't even recognize it, I thought I'd better say how they go. Totally. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. Th- there's a source recording for the original <laughs> yeah, right. so that like, uh, right. yeah, if someone wants to go back to your original intention, because that's always a special right. thing to have. So at least my opinion can be one of several opinions. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you've had uh, I I know similarly because um, Light and Hitch did um, Road to Malvern yeah and they do the end I think it's the end tag of the of the B part they do like a little bit differently not only that there are other things, other things? in the B part the B part yeah. is somewhat different yeah but it's great the way they do yeah. it and so you know what's the problem that's all yeah. it's all good yeah I mean yeah. I don't I don't come at this as a, as a purist. But more as just like aesthetically, I really like your original version, and yeah, I play that when when people call Road to Melbourne. Yeah. I, I do the uh, I do that because when I sat down in a in a jam with you, I think that that day that I met you, yeah, we got to play that, and you showed me, and I was like, oh, that's really neat. It's it's interesting how in, at festivals the edges get rounded off, you know. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that's a neat aspect of festival, right? Festival jams because right. then it makes it more accessible, but. Uh, you know, it's a different, different priorities for the, for the music. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, I've heard the term, the festival version. The festival version, meaning a derogatory <laughs> description of what used to be a very interesting tune. Sure, but sure. It doesn't have to be that way. No. It might change. It yeah. might change in good ways too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's all good. I. And then, um, you know, I wasn't even a very experienced fiddle player in 1978 mm-hmm. um, and my process of learning the fiddle has been one of the most inefficient ever mm. so uh, unlike somebody like showing me how to do it and me listening to them um, I've sort of bumbled through it for for years and very slowly <laughs> and gradually yeah. gotten a little better yeah. um, but so yeah. when you would write tunes like what is your writing process like has it changed over the years like how do you how and why do you do you write tunes yeah I mean there's sort of like puzzles to be worked out a little bit um, so I like that aspect of it um, mm. the way that I write tunes is as much as I understand it is somewhat um, conceptual rather than stuff popping into my head sure um, and then me thinking that's a tune I made up because generally when stuff pops into your head like it's that something you've it's heard. something you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, remembering yeah. <laughs> and somebody asked me one time in a workshop so do you ever worry that the tune that you wrote has already been written that it's yeah. something that is not original and the way that I do it um, doesn't sort of allow for that um, it really is me sort of thinking about how how things go together and ideas and um, in a way that I'd never worry about that and and if any of my tunes are like other people's tunes I think it would be a coincidence yeah I don't sure. think I'm remembering things that are in my head in that way so when you say like conceptual um, do you mean that in like you you have a sort of metaphorical like idea or do you mean you're thinking of the concept of the structure of the tune like for the tune we just played where you like I want to do a tune that starts in 
starts in A and then goes to D. That tune is a good example of yeah. that, where it's kind of, there's an idea behind it. Sure. That's not just a melody. Yeah. So it's got that sort of darker feel, but, the, you know, to to go to to resolve the part on a D chord when the tune is in A is a little odd. And then to stay in D and resolve it back to A, I mean, that's a concept. Yeah, sure. You know, that's not um, something that popped into your head. Right. Melodically. So that's what you mean by a puzzle, is because you have this idea, and that's like, how do you like make this idea a reality? How yeah. do you make it be something that's singable and groove has a groove? And right, yeah, interesting. And you know, sometimes <coughs> I write tunes and end up not liking them. Sure, I mean, that happens. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool that I, I, I think sometimes when people in all sorts of different traditions write from a concept, um, they have a hard time being grounded in like. A tradition or yeah. like they get too heady about it and then because it, if it gets to the point where you have to explain right. why something's valuable you've already lost right but you I feel like you do a really good job at like writing within the tradition while still being original like how uh, you mentioned the first tune that meant anything to you yes it's 1978 yeah. right so when were you how, when were you start, starting to write tunes? Like, how long did it take before you started catching on? So I never really set out to be right. a person who writes tunes. I just was interested in doing it and did it and, you know, recorded them on a cassette recorder uh -huh. and then would put them away and forget about them. Yeah. Whereas today I do it on my cell phone. Sure, and, sure. And put it away and forget about it and then go back and listen to them later. Um, I mean, every now and then one will come out and I think, oh, I like that. I want to do, I want to play that now. Yeah, um, but but often they I set them aside and come back to them and like them or don't like them. And, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I I think I over the next twenty years, I collected you know maybe thirty tunes that I'd written. Yeah. And and went back and listened to them all and thought, there's enough here, to do a project with. Yeah. Um, and. Um, and used mostly tunes from that and then wrote a few more to fill in what I thought were holes in the And that project. was the larger concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. like this uh -huh. this album needs something like this. Right. Like, yeah. Interesting. Um, and you know, I, I also became interested I thought in writing waltzes. I like to write waltzes. And, yes. Um, I can tell. Felt like the project <laughs> yeah. needed a few of those. Yeah. So um, and then uh, that did like better than I thought it would do. Yeah, you know, I made dozens of dollars. <laughs> yeah, on it <laughs> after good. about ten years. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so right with on. that success behind me, I thought maybe <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know enough people seemed to care about them that yeah. I thought maybe it was worth doing another one, and then and then more um, um, focused more on sort of getting. A bunch of tunes together for the free union project which was the second cd and that's a recent one right so recent relative how recent so yeah i think i don't even remember do you i think it might have been i'm sorry I, we could probably look at the darn cd and tell but um let's say 2008 okay I'm sure i'm gonna say that yeah so that's your most recent original tunes yes album and then what's the name of the first one Turkey Sag. Tur the name of the album is Turkey Sag. Yeah, right? the name of that tune. Just because at that point, nobody had the slightest idea that I was writing tunes or sort of who I was. Yeah. So I thought I'd better hang it on something that people, people knew. Because yeah. a lot of people knew that tune. Very good. Yeah. Had gotten around it. And Turkey cool. Sag, by the way, is a place in Albemarle County, Virginia, where I live. Yeah. Where I was uh, trying to decide whether I would ask or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounded like a Thanksgiving symptom. It's kind of a, <laughs> a, a little mountain ridge yeah. where it dips down a little bit, and then the road goes over right there, and that oh, place yeah. is called Turkey Sack. Turkey There's Sack. a lot of turkeys there. There you go. So Are I, they like wild turkeys? Again, it, yeah. yeah. Cool. So it was just, again, it was just sort of a name that you think, it just gets your interest a little bit, because you think... It certainly does. What is that? <laughs> 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 yeah. so I like that. Yeah, that's a great that's a great hook for a yeah for a title. Yeah. So since we talked about waltzes a little, maybe we should play yeah one of those. Maybe play of the course. eye of the beholder. Yeah. Let me um, make sure I'm still in tune. I probably knocked my banjo around a bit. Okay. We should probably all check. I'm gonna boom by bridge.
it's such a pretty waltz. It um, it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard work. Yeah, <laughs> it's which I like about it. It's, it's like a little a, odd in the way the melody works. I I really like that about original tunes within the tradition. Yeah, that come up with new pathways. Maybe they have similar um, similar structures or similar um, harmony, but it's like oh, that's a new thing. Every once in a while, I'll come up against something I've never played before on the banjo. Right. And especially on, on original tunes. So that's my goal, is to write something that feels traditional, but brings something new yeah. that doesn't sort of offend sure. that sense of tradition, <laughs> you know? Yeah, how do you, how do you balance that? Um, I think it's partly that I'm uh, narrow in my playing that I don't play a lot of things on the fiddle. You know, I mostly play old-time music. Sure. You know, if I played a lot of Irish music and yeah. contradance music and other things, I, that would probably come through in my playing. Sure. So we'll call it a, uh, a limitation on my part. <laughs> I mean, it's the... I call it a focus. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jim is about the focused, most focused individual I know. Yeah? I wouldn't call it a limitation at all. Well, I was being a little facetious about it but yeah um, I mean it is I don't have um, so many other influences on my playing sure so. yeah but if you're if you're focused or limited depending on how you spin it like that right. um, forces you to be creative within restraints right and yeah. then that's like right. does something really special right which I like that just like yeah. it's easier to write <clears throat> say the words to a, um, a song that is a takeoff on some other song. Sure. It's pretty easy to do that because you already have the structure for that. So yeah. I think it sometimes is helpful. Yeah. And I think there's something that's a little more like kind of honest about that because all creation, whether we're playing like traditional tunes or writing new tunes, we're all sort of making, um, what's the word for it? Like uh, collages. Right. You know. We're building onto yeah. a lot of ideas that yeah. have already been out there. Which is why I like the name like Tunesmith as opposed, you know, right. as opposed to like composer, you know, because it's right. like we're building stuff right. <laughs> with the resources we have. Yeah. 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 I say we, but I haven't necessarily written any tunes that I've gotten other people to play. But <laughs> that's that, that's why I per personally wanted to have you on the show for like, you know, my own interest is like I want to figure out like how to how to do what you do. Have you ever run into um, resistance um, for writing original tunes? Um, I think that some people are not so interested in playing original tunes. You know? Yeah. Some people are uh, definitely, um, I think, feel that old masters uh, should be copied note for note on things. And, yes. uh, you know, have a reverence yeah. for that. And the, the, these tunes haven't earned that yeah. at this point. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, for the most part, people have been, I think, remarkably open to it. So, you know, I haven't felt... I felt surprisingly positive feedback. That's from great it. to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, it's easy to like uh, get focused on the maybe the loudest or strongest voices, and then you forget the the amount of like positive yeah. voices. You know. Right. Yeah. So cool. And um, my band, Uncle Henry's favorites, Pete's in the band, and his wife Ellen and Mark Beale. Um, have been, you know, super supportive of that. You know, they've played on both of the CD projects and um, yeah. um, and really been encouraging. So, you know, that's been also very important. Can you tell me how you met them? Uh, after I finished college, Pete and I finished college in the same year. He went to Virginia Tech and was from Waynesboro, and so he sort of came back to the central Virginia area after college and the Prism Coffee House was in Charlottesville um, and was a center for um, traditional music at that time. There was a uh, weekly jam session and uh, we both were going to that and I'd, I'd say that's where we met. Do you mm -hmm. agree with that? Oh, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, feel free to jump in and say. I was there in August of 74 after the summer, but you'd already been there for your whole college years. So right. You knew more of the people around the coffee house than I did. Right. Um, but my impression was that that jam session had been a regular feature for quite a while, but I guess it wasn't that long. No, I think it wasn't that long. I, you know, it probably was 
a couple of years, maybe, maybe that, and maybe not quite that. But there were, just by good luck, some extremely good young musicians there. Stuart Light was studying biology. Jim mentioned Armin. There was also yeah. Mark Gunther, hmm. who went back to Chicago and has had a big career. Yeah, um, Mark Campbell. Jay Lockman, fine banjo player. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was just one of those moments where a lot of um, talented and interested people sort Having of came to together the at the same, same time, and yeah. um, and for many of us, it kind of stuck. Yeah. Neat. So, how did you decide to form Uncle Henry's favorites? Also, there's a little bit. So, I think we got two different stories on like the. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of ambiguity about the name. I want to hear your story. Where's the name from? <laughs> Actually, Pete's a better person to tell the story of okay. the name because they he they had used the name at a festival before. Um, just as a festival band name. Sure, yeah. Um, that was back in 1976. Yeah. When uh, Ellen and I and two of our friends were traveling around in the summer, we needed a festival contest name. Yeah. You pick something. Like you do. Yeah. You know, and we, we picked Uncle Henry's favorite Chigger Stompers because that was a bad right. Chigger year at the uh, Fraley <laughs> Festival that year. And then when we decided in 1985 to form a band together, we had to decide what name to use. Yeah. And we had had that name had been around for a while, yeah. and we had a little bit of a name around town. So, even though it, it had not featured Jim and Mark before that, we elected to use that name and carry it on. Yeah. Pete and I had been in a band before that, the Honeysuckle Ramblers. Oh, Pete, right. Pete and I and Jay Lockman. So, we probably started playing in a band in 1975 or six, something like that. Um, and really, we've been playing together ever since then. That's sweet. Um, very good. Which is now a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Much longer time ago than, say, since you were born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 89. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I can tell that y'all have been playing together for a long time. Right. Although, also, sometimes people who have been playing a long time bicker. <laughs> but, you know, there's different kinds of, like, we've been around each other for a long time. Yeah, you right. Know? But uh, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not much bickering, really. Yeah. We could work on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say they were all fairly tolerant of each other. And <laughs> fairly tolerant. Beautiful. It's inspiring. <laughs> Something is, to shoot for. This is your VH1 behind the music. And then we uh, basically, you know, stayed out of each other's business. And <laughs> we were mostly respectful of each other and uh, played together ever since. <laughs> Those are beautiful um, voicings for that for that waltz, by the way. I love that. That's really, really, really nice. Yeah. And on Pete's brand new guitar, too, which is brand new <laughs> brand 1935 new yeah, guitar. Yeah. <laughs> With a bass player in the band, you know, it, it, it's always an effort to try to not trample on each other's bass lines, so yeah. I try to get away from the bass line sometimes. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. What so should we, we play, play another next? tune? Yeah. Um, how about if we play something I didn't write? Yes. Uh, something really obscure like Cumberland Gap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been collecting these Cumberland Gaps throughout the show, so I'll have a oh, whole... Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This will be another one.
<laughs> really nice. Fun. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, so that's my take on Ed Haley's version of that. Very nice. Which I always thought was really beautiful. Hmm. So, uh, you're someplace fiddle. He does. He, um... Barbara, my wife, started out teaching him. He took Suzuki lessons, so she did the hard part. Oh, very good. Got him through (laughs) three or so years of Suzuki lessons, so he basically knew how to play. Yeah. And then um, he was at a point where he was sort of losing interest. Sure. And um, so I said, well, what if we try and play old-time music? Yeah. And we actually went to old-time music about half the time and kept working on Suzuki about half the time yeah um, and eventually went to all old time music and then to um, three days a week playing the fiddle and two days a week playing the guitar because it oh, yeah. seems to me like you have to understand chords if you're going to be a musician and uh, he plays both now so he, so he had like more or less daily lessons yeah we practiced before school and work in the morning so um, the amazing thing is that I got um a junior high school and a high school kid to get up early enough to do that. Um, I think also the amazing thing is like <clears throat> I know all of these musician parents who just they they can't teach their kids because the relationship is too yeah too fraught too fraught way, right? mm-hmm. yeah um, I think it's kind of amazing that you're able to like s- spend that much quality time with your kids and have them not. Uh, like resent it or have them not like yeah. push push back it was amazing I give him a lot of credit for that interesting um, and every year I would say you know we don't have to do this you know, yeah yeah you're in high school <laughs> yeah you know, we don't have to do this interesting uh, uh, w- this is another example of things I'm asking for you know personal reasons because I also have a son and yeah. right mm-hmm. now na- right now he said you know, every time I start playing music he says stop because yeah. it's getting in the way right. of his attention. He right. thinks that uh-huh. I'm paying attention to the banjo. Wait a minute, I'm yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So, like, I would love to, like, figure out how to say, like, no, you, we, this is something we do together. Yeah. And just because I have a thing in my hand and not you doesn't mean... So I don't at all claim to, like, have any knowledge about this. I think maybe I was just lucky. Sure. On the other hand, I think if kids see you having fun... Yeah that that must be the number one thing yeah just that yeah very good I'll make a point of that (laughs) yes if they think that would be fun I'd like to do that yeah then you've communicated that to them so this is the last tune and before we talk about that and play it um what what's the best way to get a hold of your music so there's a couple of things that um, one could do. Um, I have a website at jimchildrestunes.com and Uncle Henry's Favorites has a CD at unclehenrysfavorites.com. Um, also, um, it's all available through CD Baby, both yeah. CDs and digital downloads. Um, so, Home of all old-time music, as far as I can tell. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, CD Baby. Right, that's probably the the easiest place to go. Yeah. Um, so but. your your um, your original tunes uh, albums, the two albums, uh, the Turkey Sag and um, Free Union. Free Union are both available under your name on CD Baby. They are. Yeah, and then Uncle Henry's Favorites also. Yes. Very good. And Uncle Henry's Favorites has another CD also. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Featuring James <coughs> Fiddling, of course. Yeah. Along with Pete's. Fantastic. Right. So we have uh, one tune left. What's his, what are we going to play? So uh, this is a tune uh, that I named for something my grandfather used to say to me when we would sit down to play cards, which was, I come to win, fair if I can. Win. Fair if I can. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the name in very, his Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is going to color my playing of this. Um, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I wanted to have you on for a really long time, and this is really great to, you know, interview you and talk with you, but also, like, I feel like you've done some things that I want to do as well, and it's nice to, like, on a personal level, to just get some sort of advice. And, yeah, it's nice for me. Thank you. Well, for me, too. Thank you, Cameron. It's been a lot of fun. Good to have you back, Pete. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. I come to win. Or if I can. (laughs) 
Jim's albums are all available through CD Baby. Free Union and Turkey Sag are available under his name, and his band Uncle Henry's Favorites has an album available there as well. Those are linked in the show notes on your device and the Facebook post for this episode. Go get some new tunes. Don't forget to sign up to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon this month for some exclusive rewards. And if you can't, make sure to like, follow, and join the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group and share the video posts so more people can hear about the show. For any potential sponsors out there, I'll read ad copy for your music festival, camp, or whatever it is that you're selling. You can buy an ad spot by going to getupinthecool.com and clicking store. You'll get a pretty dramatic discount for buying three or more. Thanks again to Elderly Instruments for all the support. You can visit their website at elderly.com. I'm recording live Get Up in the Cool episodes at Earful of Fiddle in Michigan in June and the Kauai Old Time Gathering in Hawaii in November. So buy your tickets now and we'll hang out and play some tunes. And I still have some room for other old time schools and festivals in my schedule if anyone wants to hire me. You can reach me at getupinthecool at gmail.com. I can also teach banjo workshops and perform solo or band sets while I'm there. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts or boxset.website. If you're having trouble finding anything I mentioned in this outro, remember it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thank you so much for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.